Welcome to the I Spy with My MyOI podcast. I am your host, Brittany Murphy. I am a certified oral facial myologist, registered dental hygienist, and lifelong learner. My goal with this podcast is to bring you up-to-date and current literature and expand your knowledge of oral facial myofunctional disorders so that together we can get to the root cause of the problem. You ask, we'll answer by collaborating with true pioneers and specialties associated with the myo world. Join me on this journey as we dive into the life-altering world of tethered oral tissues and airway space. Let's do this thing. Quick disclaimer, all content expressed on this podcast are the views and opinions of the speakers and is for informational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace, professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Because every person is so unique, you should always consult with your specialized healthcare professional. Welcome to the spinoff of the I Spy with My MyOI podcast. I am happy to introduce to you Myo Mondays with Carice Laguerre and Brittany Murphy. Just a couple of Myo fanatics talking shop, bringing you real and authentic conversation as if we were all sitting around my kitchen table. Nothing's off limits, so feel free to reach out to us with your burning Myo topics. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Monday Mayo with Brittany and Carice. I'm Brittany. And I'm Carice. And we are really excited to have you all sit in with us on our conversations about all things Mayo. This is going to be very casual, very conversational, talking about, you know, our experiences, growing our businesses, the struggles, the successes, the everything in between. Super real, super raw, not edited. So you're probably going to hear we both have dogs probably going to bark. You're probably going to hear my husband come in from work any second now. It, it It's just going to be what it is, but we're super excited to have you here. So yay. Yay. So Welcome. we want to, yeah, we want to start by talking about, well, first we want to talk about things that we get asked a lot. And I think one of the top things that we get a lot of messages about is networking, where to start networking, how to network, who to network to. Um, so I don't know, Chris, if you even want to start, take it away, talking about your experiencing networking at the very beginning um, and kind of how that led you to being where you are now. I think networking is always a fun thing to talk about because it's essentially, you have to think about it as just meeting a bunch of new people. You're making new friends because you're not just going out there and passing out your business card like, hey, refer to me, refer to me. What you're essentially doing is you're like, hi. Nice to meet you. I want to get to know more about you and your practice and see if there's any synergy between what you do, what I do, and how we can help each other. Because if you go and you kind of seek, you know, your needs first, that's never going to work out. So number one thing in networking, I feel like, is just be prepared to make some new friends. That's what you're doing. You're making a whole bunch of new friends. And I think what you said, and you always, always mention this in our Team Mayo course, is when you're networking with somebody, make sure that you're not making it about them referring patients to you, but what you can do to help their practice grow, how you're going to have this pool of patients that it's going to be mutually beneficial, right? It's not a one-sided street. And I love that you always pinpoint that because as any provider, you know, I want people to refer to me too. So it should be a mutual street. (laughs) 
Absolutely. And I think you and I both agree that we value our patients. Like we don't want to send our patients anywhere that we don't trust Mm -hmm. or with a person that we don't know, like the quality of their work. So you want to get to know who it is that you'll be working with because they trust their patients, trust their opinion above all else. And so, you know, they want to be able to know that they can safely hand you patients. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you want to feel comfortable, you know, with, for you bringing your kids there, bringing your family there and, and vice versa. Um, and I think that that's kind of really cool too, is when, and I'm sure you've had this experience too, where you have providers you work with who you end up treating their family. Right. And it's really cool because you can totally geek out with them as you're like doing the evaluation because they're speaking the same lingo as you. That's always been super fun. Or like when you get, um, you know, a new child patient and the mom is an SLP. And it's like, this might even be the first time they're hearing about myofunctional therapy, but just that being in that profession, they still are getting the connection. So that's always super fun for us. And you learn so much too. I feel like when I was networking for the first time and I started talking to osteopaths, like I really started to learn the difference between what it is different specialties do. What does a chiropractor do versus an osteopath versus a craniosacral therapist? Like once you start seeing them as a patient or you have your family see them as a patient, you learn so much more. You can describe it better. You're able to make better, more accurate referrals. Right. Now, what would you say to, so if you had um, somebody message you asking, should I network with an osteopath or a chiropractor or a cranial sacral therapist, what would be your response? Ooh. Like, should they pick one or should they network with everybody? You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. No, but like, I, I'm a bad person. I have done that in the past. I like, I love my osteopaths and I I really favor osteopaths, but that is no slight to any other profession. I've definitely worked with other people that do other types of manual therapies and modalities. Um, Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't do as I do, do as I say. Okay. So like network with everybody. (laughs) Be everybody's friend. (laughs) So let's talk about maybe some examples of questions and, you know, we'll definitely make this again, a two-way street in case we have more, the doctors listening versus the myofunctional therapist. So we can get both of them, uh, both of their questions answered. So if I'm a doctor seeking out a myofunctional therapist, what are questions that I should be asking you? I would definitely want to people to know. So what should you ask me? Here's what I want you to know. I want you to know what my protocol is, what my typical protocol is. What is my approach? How long have I been doing this? Have I seen varied cases or have I seen just like simple cases? Do I feel comfortable with a complex case? Um, Am I aware of what any emergency protocol is? Would I like to be present for the phrenectomy? Because that's a big that one. one. <laughs> that's a big, big one, right? We want to be there. We we love getting our hands in there. Oh, sometimes literally. <laughs> sometimes yeah. literally. Getting a finger in there is like the best thing in the world. It's super <laughs> exciting. Um, I never want to be in the room for babies, though. I just want to just put that out there. Like that's that fair. is not a fun one. That is not a fun one. Yeah, I can't imagine. No, no. Is there anything that you would want to be asked? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I'd want to know, you know, as if I'm going to be networking with you, like who are other referral sources that you're typically recommending, um, you know, locally, I, I want to know like everybody, like, 
first, probably first and foremost, I would want to know, do you have any NT that's going to be very airway focused, right? Because we want to build that team. I mean, how great would it be to have this collaborative team where, you know, okay, this patient comes in, okay, they have to go here. We're going to send to so-and-so. So I think that that part's really important. So I would absolutely want to know as a doctor who my myofunctional therapist that I might potentially be working with is also working with. I think that that's really important. Absolutely. And what about age ranges? Because some people really love working with babies or Mm -hmm. toddlers or children, or some people really just prefer adults. I think Mm -hmm. that's probably a good question on both ends. That way you could see, does this even line up? Yeah. I also think you know, not that I think that doctors should be disclosing this information per se to their patients, but I don't think that it's out of line for a doctor to want to know, generally speaking, what fees are. Mm. Right. I mean, again, maybe not the information you might not want that passed on to the patient. And you can just politely say that as the myofunctional therapist, because of course you want to be able to have that initial call with them to be able to connect with them. You know, sometimes fees can be a little bit scary. Um, but at the end of the day, sometimes it patients need to know. So the doctor, I think having that information can be valuable. Um, I also think then the doctor, you know, depending on the patient's situation might refer to one therapist over the other based on fees. You know, of course we don't want everything based on fees and what's going to cost out of pocket, but we also have to be realistic. I mean, it it matters. People sometimes don't have the financial ability to pay out of pocket for these things. So being able to know that there's, you know, different options out there, I think is fair. Absolutely. Absolutely. So maybe we should talk about some of the questions that a myofunctional therapist should ask a release provider or a doctor. Yeah, I think, um, you know, if it's a release provider, God, I feel like this is where if I could have that scroll that opens and like drops to the floor, (laughs) (laughs) right? Because this happens, like we all as myofunctional therapists have that patient or that family that are like, oh, we want to go see our family friend, periodontist. And in the back of your mind, you're already like, oh my God, no but okay, let me arm you with like this 20 question, uh, form that I want you to ask your providers. I mean, not really, but, um, kind of. So anyway, so if I was networking with release provider, I a would want to know what type of release they're, they're going to do for functional frenuloplasty, et cetera. Um, what, you know, they're going to use, is it a laser? What kind of laser, um, I'd want to know more about their technique. Do they do blunt dissection? You know, like what is their protocol? Do they have the patient actually move the tongue? Um, Yeah, those would definitely be my top ones. Yeah, definitely. I would consider um, the post protocol as well, because some people have their own. There are providers who are giving out exercises or stretches, and you want to make sure that there's no conflict there. So what is it that they recommend afterwards and where can you meet in the middle? Absolutely. That is so important because you don't, you always want to be speaking the same lingo as your provider. I mean, how horrible would it be for a patient as an adult or a parent having a child go through it where they're now getting these two very different recommendations of what the post care should look like. So we need to know if we're doing sutures. Are we waiting three days and then we're starting stretches? Are we recommending light stretching stretching in the beginning? Some providers are different. So you want to make sure that you're always, again, speaking the same, the same terminology. I think also what's important 
is to know, and I think this works both ways for whoever, if I'm a doctor trying to work with a myofunctional therapist or vice versa, how important is collaborative care to you? How important is communication to you? Am I going to hear from you? When I send you, when I send a report, I want the person I'm uh, sending that report to, to read it. And not only do I want them to read it, because again, our reports can be a little lengthy. I want them to understand what it is that, that I'm working on. And if they don't, I want them to feel comfortable enough to then reach out to me and say, let's talk about this. Um, So having those open lines of communication, I think is a makes you a better provider, right? Because you're hearing it now from that functional point as well. And B, again, I can't imagine as being the patient or the family, how comforting it is to know that my providers, they're literally a team. They're talking and they're communicating. Absolutely. Absolutely. Communication is key. And one of the things I do talk about in our team Mayo course is that you want to have open channels of communication. So I have two different phone numbers, one's for my business and one is my personal. And every doctor that I work with has my personal phone number. They need to be able to know how to reach me directly. So they shouldn't have to go through my business line. They shouldn't have to go through any receptionist or admin or whoever is answering my phones. They should be able to reach me directly and ask questions that way you know, we're able to keep those open channels of communication. So they have personal emails, they have personal numbers, and it's very important that we're able to reach each other without those barriers. Yeah, absolutely. And even asking like, what, what, how, sorry, Lambo's, I told you he was going to go out his toy, probably heard in the background, but, um, what, what, how do they prefer to be, you know, communicated with? Maybe it is just email. Maybe they don't want you texting them. Um, maybe it is text. Like I know for me, I tell all my providers, best thing to do is shoot me a text. That is the best way I'm going to get back to you at a prompt time. Um, I can always call you at the end of the day, but if you call me in the middle of the day, the likelihood I'm going to be able to answer is slim, but I will always try to at least get a text back to you. Um, so that is, I mean, uber important, right? I mean, that it's all about collaborative care. That's again, how we're going to get what's best for our patients. Um, the other thing I think obviously we want to know, so is this provider we're networking with just a release, I don't want to say just a release provider, but are they offering any other kind of airway services in their offices? Are they doing any kind of expansion, appliance therapy? Um, they, maybe they even have nutritionists in the office. Like what other services do they provide? Fantastic. Especially if they're doing babies or is there any lactation? Do they have mm-hmm. potentially a manual therapist in the office? That would be phenomenal. I mean, what, what does the team structure look like within the office? Is that a multi-purpose? Is it a structuralist and a functionalist? And you know, like everybody all in one, in one, that's awesome. Yeah. And I have to shout out, um, Dr. James Thomas with Health Latch Circle, because I love that terminology that he uses the structuralist, the functionalist and the proceduralist. I thought that was like amazing. So shout out to you um, if you're listening. Uh, But anyways, uh, the other thing that, you know, I think that is important that we're, that we also consider when we're, you know, trying to network is who do we need to have on the team, making sure that we're not just networking. Like if I'm a new myofunctional therapist starting out, I don't just want to network with release providers, right? Because we know that we need to have that structuralist on the team as well. So if this provider is only doing the releases, well, okay, who else do we need on the team? Um, Because that's going to vary back to your point about ages, depending what age you're working with, who needs to be on that team. So you do an absolutely amazing job, Chris, during our networking week with Team IO explaining all of the, um, you know, components to what 
makes up a team um, with different providers. So I'm going to let you take that one. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely need people from like three different categories, right? So we want our medical providers. We need our our physicians, our ENTs slash otolaryngologists, like try saying that five times fast. (laughs) We probably need um, a digestive medicine, um, a gastroenterologist. Definitely can use a naturopath. Naturopaths are so underutilized, so Mm -hmm. underutilized. Those are like our holistic, you know how we have holistic dentists in the field. We have holistic medicine providers. So they are NDs instead of MDs right? Uh And so they are phenomenal resources as well. So you want to have definitely a medical team in place. You want to have a dental team in place, structuralist, proceduralist, like who's doing your releases, who's doing your functional orthodontics, who is going to help your, your patient in these various ways they need to be helped, a holistic dentist. They have lots of great resources and, and things too. That is phenomenal to have on a team, every team. You definitely want some functional providers. Do you need a physical therapist on your team, a speech language pathologist, an occupational therapist? I mean, there's so many different reasons why you would need an expansive team that consists of literally a list of people. You could have that same scroll that you wanted to have for all those questions. You can have that same (laughs) scroll going for all of your, your providers. So you're going to need people of varied, varied professions. Absolutely. And I I think it's important, you know, whether you're a new therapist starting out or maybe you're listening and you've been doing it for some time now, but you're still struggling to find that team. Um, I think it's important that people understand like the realness to it, right? It doesn't happen overnight. Listen, sometimes it does. We've had people come through our team mile course where they hit the ground running and they already get that team. They're in an area where they have all the people, but When I started my practice um, in Connecticut, I certainly did not have all the people. I barely had any people. And there's still some areas that are like that. So I think the point that I'm trying to make is I I don't want people to ever feel discouraged to the point where then you kind of back away from growing your practice. It's going to take time. That's okay. You might get more. You probably will get more doors slammed in your face than you're going to have welcoming you with open arms, but that's okay. Right. We're just so passionate as you know, Chris and I are both hygienists. I know some of uh, other myofunctional therapists are SLPs, PTs, whatever, what have you, but being in this healthcare profession, I think that we're all just so passionate. So keep spreading that word. Don't let anybody rain on your parade ever. Don't let it happen. Absolutely not. And we already know, I've said it before, I'll say it again, Mayo's not for the week. Okay. So you can't take one no, 20 no's and take that as like some personal attack. It is not a personal attack. They just aren't at your level yet. So you just keep pushing. You're going to find people who are at your level of knowledge, who are open, who want to hear these new perspectives and who are willing to collaborate. And so keep pushing, keep pushing. Yeah. Keep pushing. And if you need a little pep in your step, just reach out to Chris or myself and we'll be happy to do that. Um, We already know we're going to talk about at our next episode, because another burning question that we get quite often is what to do. um, If you're a hygienist who has taken some kind of myofunctional therapy course, your airway course, and you have all this knowledge and you want to share it because once you see it, you can't unsee it. You're seeing all the signs and symptoms. You're hearing it from the patient, from mom, dad, whatever. And your doctor is like, mm, don't really want you talking about that here. 
Mm. There's so much I have to say about that. (laughs) Well, until next time. Uh, So everybody uh, tune back in for another Monday Mile with Carice and Brittany. And we're excited to have you again. Can't wait. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of I Spy with My Maya Why. If you want to hear more about these episodes, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or feel free to contact me at hello at myctom.com. Don't forget to subscribe as well and let us know of any subject or guest speaker you'd like to hear from. Help spread the word by sharing today's episode on your social media page. You can find me on Facebook at CT Oral Facial Myology or Instagram handle CT underscore Oral Facial underscore Myology. Everybody have a wonderful day.